It's time for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. Now, from Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and Belmont, California, here is Maggie and Matthew Paveo. Good evening, everyone. Happy Friday. We are back. November 17th, Dad and Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. I believe this is episode 83. Maggie, how are you? We're back. Maggie's still, well, we're not back in person. Maggie's still in lovely, warm Philadelphia, as I hear it. And I am here in rainy, the rainy Bay Area. But Maggie, how are you doing? I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty well, pretty warm, I would say. Uh, Didn't have to wear a jacket today. That's good. Did you enjoy your um, bye week? It was very uh, restful uh, yeah. with a lot of midterms. So yeah. great. Yeah. You got your injuries taken care of. Yeah. 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 All healed up. All right, Maggie. Well, as you know, we are both, uh, well, I am actually on break now for the week. Maggie has a few days and you're flying home. Um, but it is Thanksgiving and I thought it would be, or it's coming up. I thought it'd be nice to talk about what are we thankful for as a po- in our Notre Dame football program or just in general, if you'd like. But what are you thankful for with this team, Maggie? Well, or in general, I'll say it. It, well, I'll say both. Obviously, okay. I can't right. just choose one. Um, I am thankful Classic, for the team in the way mm-hmm. that we have two more games of the season, and yeah. there are games where we can finish out strong. Or there's the opportunity to do that. That's not saying we are going to, but there's like the hard part of our schedule is over, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm saying that cautiously, uh, but in terms of like, not with the team, I would say Kyle Hamilton is playing fairly <laughs> well. I'm thankful <laughs> for that. Yeah. got to get him in the podcast every, every few episodes. Um, yeah, sure. and then I also, I'm thankful that we're going to the last game of the yeah. game, our regular season. We will see Notre Dame in person, up mm-hmm. close and personal. Here a week, roughly a week from today, roughly a week from today, um, yeah, and we will be doing our show. Maybe we'll do it from the Notre Dame Team Hotel. Maybe we'll see. That's we'll a little see. crazy. That's a little crazy. Maybe we'll do it from watching them practice because we know all the spots. Anyway, mm-hmm. I am thankful for the young players on this team. I don't think we talk about it enough. Maybe we talk about it, but I. People in the media don't talk about how young this program is, about how the recruiting classes are looking good, how the players coming in are solid performers right away. Um, the Rico Flores, the the um, Drake Bowens is has you know we didn't talk about him much this season, but when when he's been on the field, has shown flashes of greatness. I just think um, this team. Hold on, everybody. Let's not. Like get panic. I am thankful that we I have hope. In the past, I didn't have hope with some of these teams where you're like, I don't know where this program's going. I kind of know where this program's going, and I think it's straight up. I don't I think we are a rising program, and I am thankful for that. I'm thankful for a coach who really understands Notre Dame and loves all things Notre Dame, and it's a great at what he does as far as the PR piece and a par, as far as does um just a great representation of the university, and I'm really happy for all of that. All right, Maggie, what I'm not thankful for is this week, though, and what I'm not personally happy about this week, maybe my mind will change, um, is that Notre Dame, in, the, in his press conference, Marcus Freeman, 
among other things, said that Nerdin will be looking for another scholarship quarterback uh, in the transfer portal. And we have talked about this, Maggie. Maybe I should just get over it. Um, we'll get to if this is good or bad in a second. But do you have any thoughts about who it could be or who it should be? Like, and, and even if even if you can't think of a specific player, but I bet you can. Even if you can't, is there a type of player that you, you want it to be? Because I kind of have a type of player. But, but go ahead, Maggie. Why don't you start us off? Who well, should it be or could it be? I, I know that. Well, you've you, honestly, this is something you've said, so it's going to be like All off, right. the, off the podcast, not on the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, but you've said Riley Leonard. I haven't honestly, yeah. I mean, I'll give my feelings in a second because I think that'll be our next topic. But um, mm-hmm. I haven't done a ton of research yeah. myself because it's not something I'm necessarily interested in, mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> which will make right. sense what I say later. Um, <laughs> but I think that that makes sense because he's experienced and he's coming from a program that might not have the same head coach next year um, Mm -hmm. because Mike Elko might move somewhere else. Um, Mm -hmm. He also is in a program that would be a step up if he went to Notre Dame, but it's similar, honestly, very similar in the way of Sam Hartman where it's a smaller, not a smaller ACC team because Wake Forest and Duke are big schools, but Mm -hmm. um, they're not like Clemson or right. they're not the premier team of the ACC, but they still are very talented. So in that way, I could see him coming to Notre Dame. Um, in terms of type of player, I haven't, again, thought about it a lot. I do tend to, when I think about transfers, think about people who have considered Notre Dame in the past um, mm-hmm. who have chosen to go somewhere else. So that would be like a, a like a Dante Moore or like, I can't even think about another one, <laughs> but like yeah. uh, someone who was like recruited by Notre Dame and maybe they were in their top five and then they went somewhere else and they were a backup and they had the talent to be a starter somewhere else. So maybe that is, that's kind of vague, but like that's the type of player and situation I'm, I would be looking at. Okay. I, 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 what I would like is a player that would be a solid backup to Angeli with some experience, maybe um, a Mac player who has experience at Corbin. Uh, Miami has a, gosh, what's his name? He's a brother of somebody, Miami of Ohio's quarterback. I don't even know if he's available. Um, but uh, nobody that's going to come in and sparkle. I, I think Angeli is the answer. Um, I think we would be, we're going to be surprised. I think he fits in with the team. Um, but if they're talking about a Michael Pratt from Tulane. And, and perhaps I just think that, that that's going to be a competition with Angeli, which maybe is what we want. And then have an experienced backup. I do think there is some need for experience behind Angeli because uh, I'm not sure Menchie uh, would be able to step in if Angeli were to get hurt. And certainly CJ Carr, probably not next year. Um, so I, I'm when we're talking about recruit, you know, when we're talking about getting a, an experienced backup, that sounds good to me. Um, but getting someone who would come, I just think you also need someone that's been in the program if you're going to, especially if you're going to keep Parker as your offensive coordinator, which we'll talk about a little bit coming up, but you need someone who's been there with him so he can kind of mature with the player. And I think part of the problem that they had this year was that Sam Hartman was just new to the program. He was learning on the go also. And so the, the mistakes you see in there or the, the inability or the permission that he doesn't have to call audibles and things like this, it's seemingly uh, come from not a lot of experience in this offense. Sam Hartman has, there's 10 games in this offense. That's not a lot of experience, um, even for someone like Sam Hartman. But with 
so I think you need someone that's in the program longer to be the starter to roll with it. So that's why I'm against transfer portal quarterbacks. I haven't seen it really work anywhere. I've said that's before. Um, Caleb Blades, Bo Nix has been okay um, in that role too. Is Penix. Um, Penix, I guess so. Maybe I'm just way off. You know, maybe it's working now. Um, Daniels in LSU. So maybe I'm way off on this, my little rant about transfer portal quarterback. But, but I will say um, Daniels, I think has been there for two years now. So, and he's gotten better this year. Um, and I think Bo Nix has been there. This is his second year in the program. You need guys that are going to mature with the program. Penix came with his offensive coordinator. So if you're looking at a transfer portal quarterback, perhaps um, someone coming with their offensive coordinator, which we'll talk about in a minute, could work also. So that's my thought. Also, Maggie, during the break, um, and I, I, don't, I don't think it's a good idea to bring in transfer portal quarterback. I think I've made that quite obvious. Maggie, do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea? Well, I mean, what I was alluding to when I was saying Riley Leonard is that right. I, I don't, oh, right. I'm not impressed by any quarterback. Um, and I, right. well, <laughs> any quarterback that's not at Notre Dame. Let me, what let about, me say that. What about Tyler Buckner comes back? Uh, okay. I would like that. Um, but, <laughs> but there's like a very, there, I could probably name less than five quarterbacks that I would want at Notre Dame because it is a transition, like even like more than just football like it's a transition to change schools and I think that like it's become really like flashy and shiny and new to be mm-hmm. able to get these transfers so easily especially with like NIL and everything and how Notre Dame's like a really big well-known program but I just am not buying into it quite yet I think that right. although maybe there have been handful of successes um, I just don't think it's worth it especially because I do like Angeli and I don't I was actually really surprised that Marcus Freeman out of the gate, like just flat out or not out of the gate, but flat out yeah. said, we're going to well, get a transfer you- or quarterback. And I, again, we don't know what capacity that means. Like it could be a backup or whatever. Right. Um, but I was just surprised. I, I right. didn't think he, I thought he was going to kind of just allude to anything or to something because he didn't ever say something about Hartman when Hartman came in. I think it was yeah. pretty hush hush until like happened. Well, yeah. So, so I mean, until like, the week before it happened we knew like, we were gonna get get one though right i mean because that's why i mean uh pine left and all hurt and started feeling for hurt and that. maybe i didn't want to believe it yeah <laughs> maybe that's what it was but other, overall i still feel the same and also i think in the past i've kind of gone back on it like when we got hartman i was kind of like okay maybe it is going to be fine but this year i'm going to try to stick to just being like no i don't want one even though right. it's not up to me right. <laughs> I, and I, I agree with you i don't think riley leonard is the answer he would be on a bigger stage for sure, but I just don't think he brings any better skills than, than Angeli brings, especially since Angeli's been in the system. Um, and I don't think Leonard would not be a quarterback that would be coming to Notre Dame to be a backup. Um, so, you know, that's that's what you have to look at. Uh, who wants to come to Notre Dame and be a backup possibly? Because you're going to have to compete. And I think, I think because if you, if you just bring someone in, then Angeli's gone. And then you really kind of have a problem um, because – you know, then you're really banking on Menchie and Carr. You know, they're young guys. I, you know, I don't know. I think Jelly's just been here. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why you have some, let's have some faith in our coaching and uh, being able to coach guys up and bring on our system. And I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why I became such a big Steve Angeli fan, but apparently I am. Um, anyway. Um, all right. The other big news out of Notre Dame this week were a few key injuries. Biggest one being um, Rocco Spindler, uh, starting guard, uh, going down. Uh, pair that with Mitchell Evans being hurt. And Jaden Thomas, we haven't really talked about that. 
um, you know, has been really hurt. Uh, what, what's going to happen here? Which one of those is biggest, Maggie, for you? Spindler, Evans, or Thomas right now? Um, I think I think I would say Evans because if you look at how the team has done, like the team lost Jane Thomas around the Ohio State game, if I am mm-hmm. thinking that correctly. Um, mm-hmm. And between the Ohio State game and Clemson, it was pretty like who's our wide receiver. But so we had some people step up, like Great House and even Rico Flores and Jordan Faison um, stepped up. Uh, but it seems like with Mitchell Evans, when we lost him and then we played Clemson, it seemed like we could not have someone step up there that much, right. as much. Right. Um, and then also with like Spindler, it's really who's to say because mm-hmm. it just happened. So I would say yeah. Mitchell Evans. Right. Yeah, I, I, I would go Jaden Thomas, I think, actually, surprisingly. I think it's more because it's been lingering. It's such a, a spot of weakness for us that uh, – I, losing him was just major. Whereas I think Holden stays kind of, and uh, Eli Reardon coming back and and uh, Flanagan playing well, uh, kind of you know yes we need still we need Mitchell Evans for sure, but we can kind of make up for it. Missing Jaden Thomas and not having anybody else that's ready to step into that shoes, it really hurt. Um, and then uh, Spindler is one I think. Uh, what's his name? Shruth will will probably step in there, and I'm I'm interested to see how he plays. Uh, and I think they can kind of make it all work in there. I think Zeke Carell is also out this week, as far as I heard. He's in concussion protocol, um, so Notre Dame will be using a backup center as well. So, be interesting to see what they do. I think it actually maybe hopefully leads them to run behind Joe Alt, which is what they should be doing all day long. Um, but we'll see. Um, oh, we, one thing I didn't put on here, though, we should talk about is Matt Salerno. Uh, I think he's coming back. Matt, you brought him up last week out of, uh, I thought it was really a, a you know, great thing to say was missing Matt Salerno. Now he's back. Any thoughts on that? I, I mean, back in that he's going to be back on the field. I don't know if he's going to play, and I don't know if he's going you know, possibly play in the Stanford game. I'm not sure. But any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I forgot guy. about him. Yeah. Well, yeah. not just for – I mean – I did not forget about him yeah. before last weekend, yeah. last week's episode, right. but um, it, it'll be good to have him back. I think that even it's, he has this really interesting story through Notre Dame and the fact that yeah. like we, he was a, a walk on and then now right. we're like missing his presence. <laughs> is well, really- I mean, yeah, to bring back to the Dell Alexander stuff, it, it's again, our two best receivers right now are walk-ons. <laughs> if you throw Salerno in there as mm-hmm. one of your best, yeah, Faison and Salerno. Wouldn't that be something if they're both on the field? That'd be very interesting. <laughs> I, and I wouldn't be upset by it because, honestly, they're both playing better than Tobias Merriweather, who's on scholarship. Although I think Salerno – well, Salerno and Faison are both now on scholarship. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so other big changes in – oh, I didn't even put that – okay. Um, the big news in college football, three big stories. Uh, one being Texas A&M fired Jimbo Fisher. Uh, two being – Supposedly, UCLA is going to fire Chip Kelly. And then I didn't even put this down, but Michigan's sign stealing and Jim Harbaugh getting getting suspended. Let's let's talk about all three of those things real quick. Uh, let's start with Texas A&M. Uh, Maggie, no real surprises here. Jimbo Fisher, uh, all, the only surprise is probably the amount of money they're going to have to pay him, which is, I believe it's $76 million. Um, who, who takes that job? Exam supposedly a lot of talent, but really haven't won much ever. You know, they're like kind of that team that I don't think they've ever had really a ten-win season since ninety something, ninety-four something ridiculous. So, 
who is the new coach? If you had, if you were Texas A&M's athletic director and could hire whomever you liked, open checkbook, who would you go after? Well, I guess I talked about this earlier, but like, I mean, if you look at who's at kind of a smaller program looking for like the step up would be Mike Elko, right? I mean, I feel like it's the most logical move. I like him enough. And it would do the thing if he he was hired, it would do the thing that I like, which is make a storyline for the first game of the next year because we play Texas A&M first game next year. Um, Maybe he'd take Riley Leonard with him. Right. You don't yeah. I, I I think the other, you know, the guy is Jeff Trailer, who's the coach at uh, um, University of Texas Southern, uh, San Antonio, uh, who is doing a great job there and is uh, supposedly a Texas high school legend. I think uh, that that could be the other person. But yeah, Elko makes a lot of sense for that job, correct? I, I mean, think so. He was, he was their defensive coordinator. He knows the call. He's doing great things at Duke. He has a runs a really good program there. I would hate to face them because uh, that's Notre Dame's first game next year. I would hate to face them with Mike Elko as their coach. That would be very difficult. Um, I'd much rather face them with anybody else, really. But um, yeah, I, I think that's who it is. I think that's who it is. I have a quick question about Tommy Reese. Uh, Tommy Reese, do you think he ends up anywhere next year, or do you think he's the offensive coordinator at Alabama another year? And if so, do you think he takes Buckner with him? I think that we both think Buckner's gone out of Alabama. I don't see why he would stay, but I think that it's time for Buckner to spread his wings and go somewhere independently. Um, that's not a dig. That's not a dig at him, but like, um, I just think that Reese has been okay this year, but it's kind of similar with Parker, as you were saying, where I feel like he needs another year to kind of just like blend with the team a little bit more. Like, Mm -hmm. cause Mm -hmm. Tommy Reese, is like an okay offensive coordinator. Obviously they hired him at Alabama, so he must have something good. Um, but I think that like once he starts working and finding the quarterback that he like wants to work with and decides mm-hmm. which one he wants to work with, I think that yeah. that will be the key to their success. And also like yeah. Alabama's not having, I was hoping that they would have an off year and that is just not happening. And I'm very upset about it. Um, right. But I, so I think that Tommy Reese should stay. That being said, knowing, guessing what he would do if yeah. he was offered another position somewhere else, he might take it. So Well, you'd have to because the, the, the jobs I'm thinking of like Michigan State. And Michigan State's just sitting there. Nobody – I don't hear much about who's going to take that position. It's a program in disarray, but they need a good Midwestern guy, Tommy Reese, um, young coach, could build, 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 uh, you know, bring an offensive thing, bring more offense to the program. I don't know. I mean, and maybe the Michigan position could be open too. So who knows? Maybe he becomes the Michigan head coach, although that would be a step up. I think he needs something beforehand. I do. I have been impressed with how Tommy Reese has um, improved the Alabama offense this year. From what I saw at the beginning, he's not dealing with much with Jaden Milrow and he's found a way to really make that work. Now having great talent around makes it help useful, but uh, I've actually been impressed with what was work this year. What about UCLA? And by that, I mean, were you surprised by this this move, Chip Kelly out? I mean, it's always the programs you don't even think of because if you don't think about them, that means they're not doing well. So yeah, um, right. I, I didn't even think this was a possibility really, but when I heard it, it doesn't – it wasn't like 
surprising. Like it makes sense. Yeah. They haven't really done anything. They got a little close last year. I believe it was last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've had years where they're okay. They've had yeah. like little, little, know. little things, but I don't think it was ultimately going in the direction that UCLA wanted. So. Yeah. I, I don't, I was surprised by it. I think you're UCLA, you're, you're not really a football powerhouse, never have been. You're always okay, and that's kind of where they were. I don't know what they were expecting out of Chip Kelly, I guess maybe to become what he was at Oregon. Uh, and I think he might have been moving there. They had Dante Moore, you know, to see what he's like. And, I don't know, it seems like a strange move, especially because I think they're probably going to beat USC this year. I, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting game. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. But that brings me to my next question, which is offensive coordinator options, right? I'm going to give you a few and you just tell me which one would you like or if there's something else you like, right? If you could bundle quarterback with, um, with offensive coordinator. Um, so, for example, you get Chip Kelly, but you also get Dante Moore. Um, another one would be uh, if you get um, – Cam Rising, which they've talked about. You also get Andy Ludwig out of um, Utah. Or do you just get Jimbo Fisher? Or is there another offensive coordinator that you'd like that's out there? There seems to be actually a bunch. <laughs> I mean, everybody from Ken Dorsey just got fired by the Bills. Josh McDaniel got fired from the Raiders. Uh, these would all be high-profile offensive coordinators that could come to Notre Dame Jimbo Fisher. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what you'd have to do with his contract. He might not be coaching for a while, but making $70 million. Um, but Chip Kelly would be an interesting, very interesting. I don't know if they want to be an offensive coordinator. I mean, there's always the Stoops guy. There's people out there. Do you have any ideas or thoughts, or would you know, would, would any of those be appealing, or what would be most appealing out of those? I mean, I think the most appealing out of those would be Cam Rising and Ludwig. Um, okay. Because, well, but also maybe I'm just getting like tricked by the allure that Cam Rising hasn't played all year. So, like, right. what are they hiding? You know. Um, right. Right. But well, is it injured? Well, okay, I guess they're, that's what they're hiding. Well, <laughs> Not very well. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, we were talking in talks to get him last year, and I honestly feel like we were pretty close to getting him last year. Ludwig. But then they restructured his contract, right? Yeah, Ludwig. Well, Notre Dame wouldn't pay for the buyout. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. I, that would be my favorite option. Not the maybe the most realistic, but that's like the one I'd want to go with because Dante Moore is very young, um, mm-hmm. and I – just don't know where that would fit like where would his eligibility fit with a cj Carr and kenny minchie and even oh, deuce yeah. knight and angeli so that then gets complicated where like if it was rising there you have a quarterback that could potentially be a mentor for steve angeli and all of the other quarterbacks i just listed um yeah, yeah. so then he is like it's similar to sam hartman where he's just here for a year goes to the nfl then we're set up with angeli the next year so i yeah. I think that that is probably my favorite option out of those. Okay. I mean, I, I like what you're saying. I would go with, I, yeah, I don't know that Cam Rising is going to come at all. I, you know, I, I think he might even just go pro. Who knows? Um, but in Andy Ludwig, I like that choice because he was Marcus Freeman's choice. I think this is a great opportunity for Marcus Freeman to get what he wanted, which was, you know, get the guy he, he originally asked for, not, you know, um, and, and go with Ludwig and he runs a, a much more disciplined kind of offense. It's not wide open. You know, it's not Lincoln Riley. It's wide open and, and uh, I mean, it's, it's more run running, run um, focused. 
But, uh, and I think that's kind of what Marcus Freeman wants to run, like a more conservative kind of offense. Um, I will say that I, I find it interesting. Well, I just find it interesting that the coaches that are struggling right now, like a Chip Kelly, um, are all these offensive-minded gurus, uh, Lincoln Riley. I guess Dan Lanning's doing okay. Um, but defensive guys are the what you want, which Marcus Freeman is like a Nick Saban and a Kirby Smart, both defensive guys. And then you just kind of make an offense that kind of gets you just enough points, and then you play smothering defense. That seems to be the way to win. Uh, not I'm going to outscore 60 points and give up 60 points and just hope to win in the end and have the ball. It's more I'm going to score 40 points, and you're going to score 10. And <laughs> we're going to win that way. Um, anyway, I got off on a tangent, but I just – I think Notre Dame's, again, in the, in the right direction. I think they need – I like an Andy Ludwig. I don't know where the Cam Rising's coming, but maybe – the guy I was looking for out of Miami is Gabbert. Um, uh, Blaine Gabbert's brother um, is the, the quarterback in Miami, but that would, might be a dice pick. He's a junior. He's not going to set the world on fire and, and uh, would be a good backup and higher profile. Anyway, let's get to the actual game here. We've been – I've been dancing around in enough. Wake Forest coming to town. Last home game of the season. It's senior day. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what do you expect from this game? Wake Forest. I don't even have it up on my computer here. Wake Forest. Uh, let me see what they're four and is. four, I believe. That sounds right. Um, I visited Wake Forest. Oh wait, this past not, wait, hold on. Year. They're four and six. Apologies. Four and six. Four and six. Four and even six worse. against the seven and three Notre Dame team. The Wake Forest best win. I don't know. Coming against, uh, you know, they they lost to Georgia Tech. I mean, you know, <laughs> they barely lost to Clemson. I mean, they barely beat Pittsburgh. They lost to Virginia Tech. This is not a good football team. I mean, they barely beat Old Dominion. Yeah, this is some. Yeah, they beat Vanderbilt. They early on they beat Elon, and uh, yeah, an old. <laughs> Old Dominion. Old Dominion's not terrible, by the way, but but it still not, not, doesn't scare you. And they beat Pittsburgh by four. We beat Pittsburgh by like 50. So Notre Dame, I don't even know what the spread is. I think if they're in the 20s, 25 maybe I heard as far as a, as a favorite. What are you spe- expecting in this game, Maggie? What's a good, good game for us? I mean, at risk of sounding too cocky, um, mm-hmm. I feel like Hartman will shape up against his previous okay. team. Um, I hope so. This is his last time playing college football. And it's yeah. kind of like, well, I'm sorry. Sorry, at Notre Dame, because he's playing at Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I hope so. Um, well, you never know. One of his last right. times playing college football. Um, and he had a really rough game these past two games. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to pick himself up and gain some confidence to round out the year. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping that if he plays well, our whole team will play well. I don't think that it's a very difficult team to play against, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. So I think this is a bounce back game and it's the last game at Notre Dame Stadium for the whole year. So I hope everyone plays like it and plays for those seniors. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. that, I think it'll go well. I, I, I Yeah, I'm, I, what I'm hoping for is a very efficient offense. I want to see at least 28 points in in the first half. Like, just go right down the field and score. And this defense is okay. I mean, it's not I, – and I don't think our defense will have any trouble with the Wake Forest offense at all. Um, I'm expecting, like, a 48-10 to 10 win. I like to see a lot of Steve Angeli in this game. I like to see him 
and maybe even some Kenny Menchie. But I want to see Angeli in this game. I think that would be a good sign. Also, um, I think this is a good – the other guys need to start stepping. We've said it for all season. Let's do it in the end. Let's start prepping for the bowl game. Backup guys, guys that want to step forward need to step forward. I'm looking at you, Tobias Merriweather. If you want to play on Notre mm-hmm. Dame, you need to step up. Um, or Jordan Faison is going to take your spot, which he may have already done. Uh, I would like to see Salerno get on the field. I would like to see um, Jadarian Price get a few more carries and, and, and Love get a few more carries than normal. Just not to bang up, estimate too much. Um, you just got to start prepping everybody. From, it's almost the beginning. It almost feels to me like the beginning of next season. Like let's graduate out of this season mm-hmm. and start working towards next season. And so get Great House involved again in the offense. Get Flores involved in the offense. Get the young guys going. Um, Eli Raritan should have a play in this game somewhere. So just that's what I would like to see, on the, especially on the offensive side. Sam Hartman, I think, will have a good game. He'll probably throw three, four touchdowns, you know, and, and it'll be a, a glorious moment for him, which he, he deserves. I, you know, he's gone through a lot of scrutiny, as most Notre Dame quarterbacks do, and he's handled it all really well. So, you know, Kudos to, to Sam Hartman. He is a mature young man and uh, did very well this year. I'm predicting 48-10. Did I say that? I think I did already. My, um, who's going to be your offensive player of the game, though? All that being said, who's going to be the offensive player of the game? So we talked about it before, but I am choosing – and don't worry, I have two. Um, <laughs> I am choosing Matt Salerno. And uh, I know there's Whoa. like not a concrete thing that yeah. he is going to play. So in the yeah. – in the event that he does not play, which is very, very likely. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm choosing Chris Tyree because okay. I wanted to choose a wide receiver mm-hmm. because I've gotten to my theme. Um, and I also wanted to choose a senior. So Chris Tyree, I don't, he probably has another year of eligibility and that's actually going to be an interesting yeah. question to see if he takes that year uh-huh. because I think he will. yeah, I don't think he's made himself like if he wants to get to the NFL, I don't think he's like, I think he, there's still more, He's learning the wide receiver spot. position. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, you know, a senior wide receiver, Chris Tyree, I mean, Matt Salerno, I would love if he played because I think it, it has to be his last season. I don't think he has any. Uh, I'm actually not positive, um, but I doubt he's going to come back. So I will go yeah. with Chris Tyree. Okay. I, I will pick two in the, in Matt, in the, in honor of Maggie, I'm going Ugh. with my, my number one, though, is Jeremiah Love. I think he'll have one very long touchdown run, and I think he might score two touchdowns, but I think one will be 60-plus yards, you know, to explode. Um, the other one I'm going to take is Steve Angeli, my man. He's be slowly becoming my, like, guy. I don't know. Um, Steve Angeli will get in. He'll throw a touchdown pass. He'll look very sharp, and everybody will start to question whether or not we need a transfer portal quarterback. I don't know that it changes anything, but at least it'll open up the question. Um all right, how about your defensive player of the game? Or defensive players of the game, should I say? No, I did choose one. Um, All right. I chose Cam Hart. I think oh. this is going to be his last time in an Notre Dame uniform. Um, he's, uh-huh. he's really helped his draft stock this year. Um, yeah. But it's also making me kind of sad because, I mean, he's Kyle's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really like, finally, Kyle Hamilton's gone out of this team uh, yeah. a little bit. So, um I mean, he used to have a podcast with Kyle. It's since gone yes. kaput. But um, yeah. it's kind of like the end of a chapter. I feel like Cam Hart's been on this team for so long. He's really been like a positive force on the team at most times. Um, he's battled through injuries. So I'm going to choose Cam Hart. This could be my last time ever picking him. So it's kind of sad. But Okay. I, I'm gonna. That's an interesting pick. I, I'm going to go with Xavier Watts. Uh, I don't think I've picked him for a while. Maybe I've picked him. I don't know. 
Um, I just think he keeps making plays. He got to pick him at some point. So I'm picking Xavier Watts to make another interception and end up leading the all of NCAA in, in interceptions. He's had a great year. It will push him more towards the NFL. I don't know that he actually become, goes to the NFL because scouts can look at other things, but that's my defensive player of the game. Who is your surprise player of the game, Maggie? Yes. So um, you might have noticed I've been choosing a lot of seniors, and I actually yes. was really excited to choose a surprise player because there are so many senior walk-ons that I could mm-hmm. pick from. Um, yes. I'm choosing Chase Ketterer. Shout out to oh, okay. my sister, uh, who's oh. a... I think is a big Chase Ketterer fan. I don't, I was going to say in the past, but I think she still is. So shout out to you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's his last game uh, in Notre Dame stadium. I keep saying with the Irish, but I keep forgetting we're literally going to watch his last game with the Irish. Um, I think maybe he'll get a touchdown. I think that this is a good game where he'll get some playing Mm -hmm. time, hopefully. Um, So I'm going with Chase Ketterer. All right. I'm going with uh, Spencer Schrader, the kicker. I think he's going to break the record for the longest field goal in Notre Dame history in this game. He'll kick like a 60 yarder just because, (laughs) just because why not? Why not? Um, Okay. So senior day, you brought it up. Let's, we were talking about it. Which senior are you going to miss the most Maggie? Is it Chase Kettering? (laughs) Uh, There are so many. And to be honest, you know, normally I pick one or two people. Mm-hmm. when oh, you ask yes. who I'm going to miss the most yes. I had to pick eight <laughs> eight my goodness I was going to pick one but go okay, ahead. why don't you who go first <laughs> no 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 who are your eight let's go through them well I was going time. through the <laughs> I was uh-huh. going through the roster and I was like wow there's so many people here so um <laughs> some of them are just like like I'm going to miss Sam Asaf because I really like yeah. his brother mix mixtape um, and okay. the ASAPs have had like a long tradition at Notre Dame. So sure. I almost picked him as my surprise player, but yeah. yeah. Um, but then like JD Bertrand and Jack Kaiser, those guys have been on Notre Dame forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also all of these are assuming eligibility and everything kind of wears yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, but they've been like a dynamic duo back there. And I feel like JD Bertrand, especially Jack Kaiser too, but has just yeah. been so dominant this year and consistent, which we have not had. Right. Then Solid. Mm-hmm. Michael Vinson, he's our long snapper. He's uh, you like a fifth that. year yeah. senior. Yeah. I yeah. think he's really picked it up this year. I think I've seen him okay. do some tackling. Um, All right. Matt Salerno and Cam Hart, obviously. Um, and then, well, I guess Chris Tyree too. Um, and then number eight, uh, Jordan Botello. I just uh, think yeah. his, his attitude is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. And we haven't <laughs> seen that as much this year. But I no. just think about like that one tackle he had on that kicker. I think it was against UCF yeah. or USF, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Man, that was scary. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I would say, and I know you've had some interactions with Jordan Botello. <laughs> yes. So uh, he almost ran me over on a scooter, but that's all right. Yeah. Those are my, yeah. those are my eight. Those Not Clarence eight. Lewis. I'm surprised. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> or Maris Leofow. Okay. I mean, you didn't really leave me too many to, other ones to go with. But tell us, certainly, I, if he leaves, I, I think he might be coming back. But but if he leaves, um, I'm so glad Ryan Barnes is not a senior. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to, I'm looking at it right now. Um, hmm, since you, I, I would go with, uh, oh, I should have been. I tried to let you go first. I had a lot. I, well, well, this is why. I mean, you like, I'm trying to. I'm, well, just I'm feel free some, to double up on some. Yeah, maybe I will. I don't know. I like to be unique, but 
let, let me uh i was seeing the linebackers too i just go with both of them uh, bertrand and kaiser i think they're kind of just and, and throwing leaf out too i mean i think you have a, 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 a well i think also we're going to see what their value was to this team in future years because guys like drake bowen and jalen sneed and all these people can learn from them we have a lot of young um big time linebackers coming um yeah and i just think gosh to sit in a room with nolan ziegler even or uh, to sit in a room with with Bertrand and Kaiser and Leofau who have been there throughout and hear, see how they study and see how they pick up things and, and how they see the Preston's in there. All these guys, these linebackers, Jay Non, Osbury, Osbury um, great linebacker core that we have that are young. We're going to see that pay off because of Bertrand and Kaiser and Leofau. So those are my three. I think those are the, that's the really a, a loss. Um, for Notre Dame not that we can't replace them but that just they were very they're gonna be their value is not only in this unit or this team I mean but for the future I think it's gigantic so I'll throw so those three I only pick three that's like less than half of the amount you picked I was really I wanted to be very comprehensive I didn't want to leave most people out all right speaking of comprehensive let's get to the picks Maggie and I still haven't done our totals I think you're kicking my butt but but we'll see uh, uh, maybe for the next show before the end of the year, I will go through all the shows and I will look at our picks. I had a really an off week last week, but I'm hoping to bounce back. So um, okay. first is Utah at Arizona. This uh-huh. is shockingly a ranked matchup. Uh, yes. I'm going with Utah. I okay. I like Arizona, but I think that this might be the stop to their little run that they have going here. It is in Arizona, but I just think Utah's going to handle it. I think Arizona, I think their quarterback is better. I think they're actually, this is their back of a quarterback, and I think he's better than Deloria or whatever that guy's name was. So um, I think he's better at running the offense. I think he's better against Utah. It's a home game. Give me Arizona. I think Utah with their pig farmer quarterback is not great. And I think they're done. Uh, they're, they're coming back to earth. So give me Arizona in that game. And next I have UNC at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this one's tough. Um, I really, really was not impressed with Clemson, um, but they're, they, they, I, I don't know. I think their defensive backs are pretty good. Their defense is pretty good against North Carolina, who doesn't play a good game. Ah, shoot. Is that Clemson? I'm going to go UNC. Give me Drake May. I'll go UNC. I'm going with Clemson. Because they're okay. at home and they yeah. are trying to prove that they're back um, because and they beat us. It's better for us if they win. Um, yeah, that's true. But I also just think they're going to have some fire. They're getting back them. their running back, right? Uh, I don't know who that is. Um, I don't want to say his name, yeah. but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I think he's coming back this, this game, too. Do you think he's going to come back? Oh, that's a different question, actually, for a different time. Um, come back next year? Come back next year, yeah. No, no, we don't. I think he's going to pros. I, we, why take free hits, you know? But That's all right, true. Clemson, yeah. right? Okay. Um, and then next I have Kansas State at Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to Kansas because okay. they're at home and maybe they'll feel good because their quarterback just announced he's coming back. So <laughs> maybe he'll uh, play well. Yeah. Well, he's not. He, he's injured. Uh, oh. So well, and, they're, they're, and, and they, they are starting a freshman walk-on quarterback at Kansas. So I'm going with Kansas State to wipe the floor with Kansas. Okay, so obviously I, I, I didn't know that. I, I, I'm not, <laughs> uh, I'm, <laughs> sorry, Pixar, Ian. Uh, 
yeah, I, I, I believe that – I think it's still a game-time decision. It's already their backup quarterback, Bean, is the kid's name. And I think he's injured, and they're going to even one more backup. So it's their third stringer who's a walk-on freshman. Okay, see, that makes a lot more sense why he announced that he was coming back because I was a little confused. Right. I was like, why is right. he announcing if he still has to play two games? That doesn't make any sense. No, no, um, it does not. Well, maybe they'll rally around him, though. It'll be like yeah, a real okay. Rudy moment. Um, we'll see. This is why they play the game. <laughs> yeah. Next is Washington at Oregon State. Mm, this one. Ooh. I know you have oh, my opinions on this one. Yeah, I do. I do, although I heard some discussion about it today and it kind of made me think maybe I'm not right, but uh, I'm going to go with Oregon State. I think they are a team that is peaking. I think Washington has been a team that has not been peaking, has been struggling, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I've been sorry, the defensive side of the ball, where they don't seem to be the the strongest up front. And I think an Oregon State team is just going to maul them and run right over them uh, to the victory. It's at Oregon State, too, I believe. Right. Mm -hmm. It's in Corvallis. Yeah, give me Oregon State. I still think Penix, there might be an injury with Penix, too, that we don't know about. Well, I'm still going with Washington. I think Oregon State's good, but I don't think they're good enough to beat Washington this time around. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe there is an injury with Penix, but he is still a potential Heisman candidate. Oh, absolutely. uh, Or he is a Heisman candidate. So. I'll go with I'll go with the Huskies on this one. You know we've been opposite on every pick. When does that happen? All right. Well, that's so good. whatever we do, maybe, whatever you pick, I'm gonna go opposite on this one. So maybe. Well, it's gonna be kind of hard. Uh, okay. This last one is Georgia at Tennessee. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Never mind that. I'm going with Georgia. Um, yeah. I hate that they are probably gonna be in an sec championship again and maybe even in the championship well i think they are i think they are right i think it's already done that's already they're already in the institution championship i hate that if they go three in a row i'm gonna be so upset because i feel like there's been so much good shifting and like the power dynamics of college football recently even though alabama's still playing well um that i just it makes me upset uh but also maybe that won't happen um but i am choosing them to win this game I'm going with Georgia also. I, I, although I, something about it just kind of makes me think this is going to be a crazy, crazy week. We haven't had that crazy, crazy week in college football yet. And I think this could be it, be it with Oregon State being Washington, with Tennessee beating Georgia. Just throw everything into, you know, a problem. Um, so, but all that being said, Georgia's playing great football and I'm, and Tennessee is not. And so I'm going with uh, Georgia. But if I wouldn't be shocked, shocked if, if, that's a closer game than, than we think. Um, I did have a question, Maggie, before we, we sign off here, because I was thinking about this and we were thinking about the playoff and things like this, because I do think that the best team right now in the Pac-12 is Oregon, and they will play most likely, most likely, they'll play Washington in the playoff. Or maybe they don't. What if, what if Oregon goes, just wins the Pac-12 championship, right? They go to the playoff, and they or not play at the, the conference championship and they beat Washington or they beat Oregon State or wherever they they're up against. Do you think a one loss Oregon team would be better than a one and they'd be although they'd be champion if Alabama, Alabama then would have to win the SEC. So let's say Alabama then wins the SEC championship, beats Georgia. Would Alabama get in or would Oregon get in to the playoff? Hmm. Because Georgia yeah. would still be in. I'm I'm a Ducks fan um almost almost went there actually uh but I would say that I think Alabama ugh 
I don't like saying that. I don't I mean, like saying that. But what, I think if you look at their like loss, would a, a loss to Washington be like well, better or worse than a, a loss to? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a tricky situation. I just feel like because Alabama but, lost to Texas. Oh, that's right. Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, then maybe and I'll I, stick I with the say, Ducks. I'll stick with the Ducks on that one. But but then Alabama would have won the SEC, which is a better conference, top to bottom, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Pac-12 is kind of up and coming, and it is the last year of the Pac-12. Right? I would also say, yes, and I would also say that Oregon's loss to Washington, where a field goal kicker misses oh, a game-tying field goal, Poor guy. and that was at Washington, which is very difficult to win, is a much better loss than the loss that, tech, that Alabama had to Texas, which I believe was at home. So, you know, uh, so that's, that's the piece that I keep thinking Oregon should get the nod. But we'll have that argument if we have to. I bet something like that is coming because um, I do think Oregon will win the Pac-12 championship this year and they'll have one loss and you'll just kind of have to negotiate through it. But anyway, I was thinking about that when I was driving around today. It's kind of things I think about. Anyway, all right, Maggie, we have a game. We got to get back on, uh, back on. A, we've got to finish this, this season off with a bang. We'll talk Stanford next week. It'll be very exciting because we will be in here and you'll be here and it'll all be great. Mm-hmm. But first, first, we have to take care of Wake Forest on Saturday. Um, Maggie, any final words before we go? Catch you on the flippity flip, everyone. All right. Go Irish. Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football.